Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast. I'm your host, William Steele. This podcast will be about theater news, and we'll have some conversations with some community and professional actors, and with some people who work behind the scenes, like directors and stage managers. Everyone you'll hear from on this podcast has a story that is unique and special. You'll be able to hear where they came from, what inspires them, or what even draws them back to the theater night after night. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also contact us via at Kid Broadway Podcast on Instagram and Kid Broadway Pod on Facebook and Kid Broadway Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know who you want to hear from, what questions you may have, and theater-related activities in your community. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, Intimate Conversations with Community and Professional Actors and Broadway News. And today we are chatting with Jordan Evans. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. A question that I always like to ask my guests before, uh, my first question that I always like to ask is, where are you from? I am from... California, um, Valley. That's good. Uh, what is the first show you remember seeing? What? The first show? I don't know. I, Treasure Island. Hmm. I've never heard of that. Uh, what is it about? It's about a boy and his family and I forgot the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um... What's your favorite vocal warm-up? Ooh. I like uh, Little Tommy Tinker sat on a clinker and he began to cry. How do you do that? Wait, how do you do that? I've never heard of that. Little Tommy Tinker sat on a clinker and he began to cry. <laughs> ah, ah, poor little innocent guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's funny. So I was going through your Instagram and I saw that you were in something called Pilgrim's Progress. What is that about? So it's about a guy named Christian, and he's uh, he lives in this city called City of Destruction, and he reads uh, the book a book called the Bible, and tells him that the city of destruction is going to like burn down, and he has to get out of there and go to the road to heaven, the hmm. straight and narrow path. And yeah, it's about hmm. his journey and you know his friends and everything. Hmm. It's a really great musical. Hmm. What what was your uh, first main role? Hmm. I don't know. I think um um it's a show called All About That Baby. I did it when I was like five. I played a sheep hmm. named um, Cece. Ah, that's cool. What is your yeah. dream role? Anastasia. <laughs> I love that musical. It's great. It is a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, who, who, do you look up to anyone in, in theater? Do you have any, do you, do you have anyone that motivates you? Mm, Jeremy Jordan, but not really anyone else. <laughs> so, um, um, what motive, like, what advice would you give to, uh, people trying to get into theater listening now? <sighs> Always be confident and like, just, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) 
Always be confident. That's good. Um, yeah. uh, and if you could see any show for the rest of your life and you could see it as many times as you'd wanted, what show would you see? Either Phantom of the Opera or Frozen. And I also saw that you were in Mary Poppins as Jane. How was that experience? Yes. It was crazy. Being on the stage, like, most of the time was, like, really different than me. But it was really great. It's a good experience. Hmm. And you did that at the Lifehouse Theater? Yes. Uh, I, I see that you do most of your shows there. Yeah, well, just recently, two years ago, when I started. And uh, you were also in the Phantom of the Opera. How was that? Yeah. It was great. And the shows they have there are like different versions, more based on the book, mm -hmm. not the Broadway. Like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's cool. I know. It's great. Who did you play in that? Um, Young Christie. Oh, okay. That's cool. And uh, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but um, I just want to ask something. Are you up to anything right now? Any shows going on? Um, I am up to The Rise of King David and Little Women. Little Women. Mm -hmm. That's, um, forgot the person who wrote the book, but I like uh, their stories, like Pride and Prejudice, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yes. Emma. But yeah, so we can find you at, on Instagram at http underscore Jordan underscore Evans. Is there anywhere else we can find you? Uh, no, that's it. Great. Well, thank you, Jordan, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, Intimate Conversations with Community and Professional Actors and Broadway News. Today we are chatting with James Everts. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway podcast. So James, the first question that I always like to ask my guests is, where are you from? Um, so originally I'm from Los Angeles County, California, technically. Um, I was born and raised in Santa Clarita, which is about 40 minutes north. Um, but I spent most of my formative years, I should say, in Utah. Okay. Yeah, mm. that's cool. And uh, how did you get into the whole theater thing? Um, funnily enough, my sister uh, dragged me to a rehearsal one day in high school. I did not want to do it. <laughs> um, at the time, I was doing track and cross country and stuff like that. And my sister dragged me to a rehearsal because she said people needed to do tricks. And I did tumbling and parkour and stuff when I was younger. And so I showed up and you know, went to rehearsals, and they had me doing random stuff. We were doing Peter Pan. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so, really, I it was just doing that, and then I did a couple more shows in my high school, and I was like, you know what, I think this is what I want to do. So, ever since then. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Uh, do you have any pre-show rituals? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I have a couple just, like, vocal ones for the most part. Mm. Um as far as like ritualistic things, most of it is just getting into character. You know, if I've done the work properly beforehand, most of the time I'll almost, I count to myself and on every finger, I'll tell myself something that me and my character have in common mm. until I, you know, I've 
covered my whole hand, and then that normally sets me pretty good. Yeah. Um, another thing is I make playlists for most of my characters, so I'll put music together of what I think they would listen to or what they would like, um, so that normally sets me up. That's cool. And uh, you were also in Newsies last year with the Candlelight Palavian as Davy. How was that experience? It was amazing. I had, well, I'd never worked for them before, so number one, that was really great. They're a really awesome company to work for. Um, and Newsies, obviously, is a dream show to do. Like, there's all the dancing, all the the music is incredible, and getting to make a character like him, you know, really unique and individual was a lot of fun. So. Hmm. That's really cool. And um, uh, what was the most challenging part? of Newsies? Um, <laughs> I think probably was putting it all together, I'm going to say, is, is the toughest part. Um, not only in the fact of that the vocals are incredibly challenging for, <laughs> I would say most, besides Catherine, most of the, uh, the male parts are really the toughest in the show. I mean, you have the entire spectrum of, of the ensemble singing anywhere from you know, like a low C to sometimes high C's in the ensemble track. So they're covering a wide spectrum there, um, making the acting, you know, significant and believable, taking a story that for all intents and purposes could be just really kind of fun and hokey. Um, making it mean something is important too. So that took a lot of time and the dancing. I've seen a couple productions of Newsies before we did ours and I've never seen a Davy do as much dancing as they had me doing, which was a, a pleasure, but it, it was more work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you were also in West Side Story at the fi at Five Star Theatricals as Pepe. How was that? That was a blast. It was incredible. I had, I had never worked with Carl, a choreographer before, but I'd worked with our director, Larry, before while I was in college. And um, working with that team was fantastic. Um, the company itself was, was really great. They gave us plenty of time to make sure that everything before every single show was safe and organized. And it was nice because I got to be one of the fight captains for the show yeah. as well. So having the actual time to make sure that everything felt safe and appropriate was, was a blessing. So yeah. West Side Story is one of my favorites. I, I, I see it as like, a a m kind of a modern version of like Romeo and Juliet. Kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're you're spot on, and the the love story I mean is is so familiar in in books and and movies and I think that the the idea of West Side, especially right now, is still so important and that was something we talked about a lot with our cast was, you know, the conflict in America right now is yeah. is still relevant that hasn't changed and the fact that we have to come together and work on that you know as a whole people is, is still important, so. Yeah. And then you were also in Chicago at the Atwood Can Count Concert Hall, um, and you were uh, Fred Casey and one of the dancers. How was that? Uh, it was a blast. I've never been to Alaska before. Um, <laughs> the locals were saying that it was warm for this time of year. We went in February. Um, it was four degrees most of the time. Um, the high we got, I think while we were there was 12 degrees. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
but the experience itself was incredible. I didn't ever think I would get to do Chicago. Um, I just, I, before college, had no dance training before, so it definitely was something I didn't think was feasible for me. Um, mm. But our choreographer, Leslie Stevens, was incredible, and our assistant was great. Um, everyone just had a lot of support for the whole cast. The whole experience of the trip and getting to see the city and meet people there um, and actually having really big crowds turn out and be really supportive was really cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, so, and Chicago is, again, also one of my favorites. It's very, it's very not child-friendly, but it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know when you first watched it or listened to it, but definitely a little bit more of a of an adult show yeah than <laughs> <laughs> and um uh do you have anyone that motivates you in the theater world um yeah i mean definitely i <sighs> that's a big question that's a loaded question um <laughs> i mean i think it's important to reach back to the greats as far as you know acting is concerned and some of my inspirations in the film world and for stage you know has always been people like um, Marlon Brando, Sir Ian McKellen, um, Idris Elba, he took his spin. Um, yeah I think there's plenty of people going to all types not even just musical theater but acting as well. Um, Cynthia Revo. I think I've watched her clip of I'm Here from the revival of The Color Purple probably over 300 times. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I, I, I can't not say, you know, like Jeremy Jordan and Aaron Tveit because, you know, those are the guys that are doing roles that I aspire to do and, you know, doing great work. I think uh, Corey Cott, so. Yeah, and, um, uh, we we're gonna wrap up here in a minute, but I just have like one more question. Uh, what yeah, advice no What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now? Um, I would say even though, you, like working on your craft at an earlier age ends up making things I think a little bit easier. I would say that no matter what time you come into the arts, despite what people tell you, like you're gonna find your place and your time when you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the beauty of not everyone coming into it at the same time is that you really get to formulate, you get to have a different perspective than people who do. And I think that part of the reason why I feel so confident in the characters that I'm able to create and the roles that I'm able to play is because I have experiences outside of art as well. Hmm. So to my younger self and to people who feel like they wish they had done stuff sooner just know that like your path is your path and you know whatever time you get to do what makes you happiest and what makes you know is your passion i think you're going to get there when the time is right so yeah that's good and uh do you have anything coming up right now any projects happening um well because of the whole you know COVID 19 situation yep. most of the industry is shut down um I've had, you know, the benefit of getting to do several readings of some plays and some new musicals that are in the works, um, which has been nice over the past couple of months. Um, I might be doing 
a couple musical projects in the coming weeks, but it really depends on how the health situation is going to go. Hmm. Um, so there's one for a project that I did um, probably five or six months ago. Hmm. Um, we did a reading of a new musical, and they want to do a new project in like the coming month, month and a half. So depending on the situation, I might be doing that. And then, um, yeah, I just recently did a, a reading of a play about two hmm. weeks ago. So That's cool. And so we can find you on Instagram at James F. Everts and on Twitter at James Everts. Is there anywhere else we can find you? Um, those are the main two. I have James F. Everts on Facebook as well. I know most people just use Facebook to talk to family, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't normally um, promote that one as much. Uh, I have my website, which is just my first name, last name, so jamesevertz.com, uh, and I update that as, as much as I can. So thank you, James, for coming on the podcast. And yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, intimate conversations with community and professional actors in Broadway news. And today we are chatting with Casey Lyons. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. So, the first question that I always like to ask is, where are you from? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. How did you get into the whole theater thing? Um, I had always loved acting and singing and dancing, um, and it wasn't until I joined a choir. I joined a choir um, in, I think, probably fifth grade or fourth grade, um, and through that, I went on to do my first community theater musical, which was... Oliver, um, and I loved that, and then I went to a camp for acting, and that's kind of how I got into the professional side of it, um, because uh, the leaders of that camp were doing a show at the theater that it was at, and um, at Drury Lane Theater in Oakbrook, and I got to be part of that and kind of took off from there. That's really cool. So do you have any pre-show rituals? Um, I think just kind of, I don't know, I don't really know that I have any, any big pre-show, pre-show rituals. Um, the last show that I was in, which was Love Never Dies, which was, um, in 2018, I think, 2017, um, I, we always used to have dance parties before the show and of course warm up our voices, um, and just kind of get excited for the show. I don't know that I have any specific ones that I'm like, oh, that is the definitive pre-show ritual for me, but mm. just kind of get, get in the mood. Yeah, you were in the fir the first national tour of Love Never Dies. How was that experience? That was just incredible. Um, that It was so cool to see all the different places on tour um, and visit all the, the theaters, the communities of people that we met along the way and our cast and crew and creative team were, I mean, just spectacular. And also I got to meet Andrew Lloyd Webber, which was like definitely the highlight. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, was it hard touring around? Like when you went to a different theater, did you, did your family have to rent a hotel room or something? So yeah, for the, for the tour, the, um, company management, we, we get, we, uh, get to stay at hotels um, for throughout the whole thing and you can um, 
you can either stay with the group or stay elsewhere, but we mainly stayed with the group that, um, that the company had already had booked. So, yeah. And my family would come out and visit a lot, which was, it was always fun because my mom would come out almost every other week, um, to wherever my dad and I, cause my dad, uh, went on tour with me, um, wherever we were, they would come. And sometimes my family, I have a big family. I'm the youngest of six. Um, and so they would all come and visit on occasion, which was always really fun. You also did Mary Poppins at the Mercury Theater in Chicago. How was that experience? Oh, so much fun. Um, I was really sad because the Mercury is actually closing down now. Um, but that was, that was so much, so much fun. Um, I, that's always a role that I wanted to play, uh, Michael, because I just love that movie that both, both that one and Sound of Music are like my, what I've grown up to. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, do you look up at, do you look up to anyone in the theater world? So many people. I don't even, I don't even think I could, I could name a definitive one, but there are, there are lots of people. And I think a lot of the people that I've worked with, um, are, I definitely look up to them and, uh, I'm really into writing music. So I look up to a lot of the great composers, Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber and all of those. But I, I just think I seriously am so, so in love with theater that there's so many different people that I could not, I could not give you a definitive list. <laughs> Uh, how do you usually prepare for a role? Um, I think just, you know, it's important to learn, learn about what the character is in the, the time period and kind of the background, um, of the character if they, if they have a, an in-depth background, um, and just kind of, you know, get into it and how would the character how would the character act and also how would they react to different things that are happening around them um, is also really important I think to me and just you know keeping it real that's good and uh, what advice would you give to your uh, to young people listening now starting down a similar path just follow your dreams that's what I'm I'm still working on right now you know following following what I, what I want to do, um, and just doing what you love, because that's what I like to do. <laughs> that's good. So, advice. do what you love. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but, uh, do you have any, do you have anything coming up right now? Any new projects? I have, well, because of the, the quarantine, I have pretty much nothing, and, and, uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's the same for a lot of a lot of theater people. I'm actually working on, I wrote a musical um, a little while ago. It's, I started it right before I went on tour and um, I wrote it throughout the, the tour. And then I actually just had, my friends and I have a little theater company called Four Seasons. Um, really cool. You should check us out, Four Seasons Performing Arts. Um, and we were, uh, we performed my musical. So that's really what I'm, I, what I'm really working on is uh, my musical and also some of my own, um, original compositions and writing and also just doing a lot of singing that's really what i'm what i'm doing right now i don't have anything huge coming up but that's pretty much what i'm working on that's really cool so we can find you on instagram and twitter at casey lyons actor is there anywhere else we can find you um no i think that's it 
Okay. You can also go to my website, caseylyons.me. Okay. Well, thank you, Casey, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, Intimate Conversations with Community and Professional Actors in Broadway News. And today we are chatting with Natalie Ballinger. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. So the first question that I always like to ask my guests is, where are you from? I am originally from Santa Cruz, California, and um, right now living in New York City, but kind of bouncing around between the two during this lovely coronavirus time. (laughs) And uh, how did you get into the whole theater thing? My grandmother was an actress, my dad's mom. Um, She did really early Broadway. Um, She was the cover of Stella in Streetcar and then took over the role of Stella. Um, She grew up performing, her dad was a vaudeville performer, so she grew up performing very early. Um, Grew up with Marlon Brando, um, Chicago, and then they moved to New York and she was a performer in New York City for a long time and then she moved to Chicago to start a family and did early TV and film out there so she was really instrumental in me and actually my cousins an actress as well um, kind of lovingly nudging us the wonder of performing um, so she was really instrumental kind of jumping off that ledge and then I guess when I was a little kid my mom took me to see a show and I refused to leave until I could stand on the stage I don't remember this at all but thankfully there was a really lovely usher whatever show we were seeing that let me stand on stage for like two seconds and then I was like okay we can go now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you have any pre-show rituals water drinking so much water it is so ridiculously important to um, and then I usually steam just to kind of open up. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to playlists um, to kind of get me in the mood of the show. And then I always kind of in our in my family we have this weird thing of like squeezing dog noses for good luck. Um, so I like uh, I don't have a dog now, but um, <laughs> we're on tour. But like I just always would say a little a little mini prayer to like our dogs that have passed on being like, I know these words. I know this music. Just make sure it's a good show and we all have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And you were traveling the world for 15 months and visiting 23 different countries in the world tour of West Side Story as Maria. How was that experience? That was amazing. I mean, it is is one of my favorite musicals of all time. Yeah. My dad, it was my dad's favorite musical growing up. So really before I could remember, I was watching the Natalie Wood movie version, Natalie Wood, Rita Moreno. So I just fell in love with it instantly as a kid. And then it was just always such a dream show. Uh, so to do it was really amazing. Um, and then traveling, traveling, I'll do it. Wow. So cool seeing all the different countries still so so exhausting um <laughs> because it was the funny balance of exploring but then doing an eight show week uh we were at the theater two hours before the show started because we had mandatory dance um dance class and group vocal warm-ups um especially for the the dancer tracks because those i mean 
it's very hard. Interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, so balance of enjoying the travel aspect, but then figuring out what you could do. For me personally, that was like a lot of day exploring, and then post show, I was just like done talking, go to bed. Um, especially because it's just like to give the audiences what they deserve for West Side. You go through such a journey of really beautiful singing, but then you're literally screaming over a dead body at the end. <laughs> um, so to keep vocally healthy to do while doing all of that. I yeah. Mean, but it was, and the cast was so lovely. Um, it was really a tight knit group for 15 months, which is not always the case, but it was, it was really great. And do it in the international tour of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, how was that experience? That was kind of, so that was before Westside, so that was my first foray into traveling. I had never been out of the country at that point, um, so it was really exciting, because I was just always so busy. I mean, we've always wanted to travel, I've always wanted to travel, but, you know, I started doing professional theater when I was 11, so it was just kind of like, finding time <laughs> um, to go have fun and travel somewhere is just always a strange luxury that we don't always get. Um, so it was really exciting to the first place they flew us out to because we were the replacement cast. So they had already been out for a year and we were a full replacement cast. We I think there was four or five stayed on from the first. Um, they flew us out to Macau, which is an, uh, near Hong Kong. Hmm. Um, so it was just and that was that one was basically mostly Asia and the Middle East which was also really cool because, I mean, Beirut, we went to Beirut, and it's just, like, not necessarily one that people put on their, I'm going to go on a fun vacation to the Middle East, but I loved, there were so many places there that I loved. We got to go to Egypt, which, I mean, was always a bucket place for me because growing up I was such a Greek and Egyptian mythology nerd. Um, so seeing the pyramids and doing a lot of the history aspects of it was so cool um and I mean Beauty and the Beast I mean same thing with West Side Story it's like we do these shows and we perform them perform them English with subtitles of the local language um and it's just kind of amazing to see kind of how these different musicals I mean one's very happy one's very not <laughs> um, but how how we get to give a little piece of ourselves to each different city and see kind of what we learn and grow from each different city. Like I would always try to learn at least enough to talk to my dresser. Um, we'd have local dressers each place. Um, at least on Beauty and the Beast. Um, to, to, well, on site too. Yeah. Um, to at least com like converse very basic things. I mean, Arabic was really hard. Uh, <laughs> um, but just to kind of, as we're giving them a piece of ourselves, really immerse ourselves in the culture of each place because we're all so connected in so many ways. Um, but it's just kind of, yeah. I don't know, people are cool. Humanity is cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any cool stories from either West Side Story or Beauty and the Beast? Oh, so many. Um, I mean, some of the exploring aspects, like, the pyramids and um, Beauty and the Beast and it was cool on West Side and 
on Beauty and the Beast, we actually met other traveling casts, like on Beauty and the Beast. Uh, there was the UK tour of Ghost that kind of we did this same two stop, like a couple same stops. So we got to get, meet them and kind of befriend all those people. And then on West Side, when we were in Shanghai, the UK Asia tour of, oh, oh, not the Four Seasons, Jersey Boys. <laughs> um, was there, uh, and some of our crew guys were from the UK, so they knew some of their crew guys. So we did like a two-cast soccer game, um, which was fun. I mean, New Zealand for with Westside was just one of the most gorgeous places ever. It's yeah. just the outdoor adventure mecca, and we did like a black water rafting and all that fun. And I climbed Mount Fuji when we were in Japan, which was cool. That's cool. I felt yeah, and just meeting, I mean, I think the best part is really, truly meeting so many people from so many different places. A lot yeah. of them are still really good friends um, from, like, Manila, and I don't know, pe- I, the people aspect of all these tours was just so amazing, because we yeah. do theater to connect with people, um, Yeah. so that was you know, some of my favorite moments, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, do you look up to anyone in the theater world? So many people. I mean, it's just. I mean, my definitely first and foremost was my grandmother because she taught me so many things about um, how to be a good performer for colleagues and um, others. Like, she was the original understudy of Stella, and she got to take over because the woman playing Stella originally, Kim Hunter knew the producers were going to come and intentionally called out so she could perform for the producers. Um, so that always has shaped how I always do with understudies, um, like always giving them a show as long as I'm allowed to, uh, because they put in, understudies put in so much work, um, and I've been many an understudy and didn't get to go on, and which is fine, um, but just kind of treating that and when you're in the lead of a show, she would always tell me that you just get to know everybody, crew, orchestra, front of house, um, everybody's so important um, that you just kind of, it's one giant big family, especially when we were touring, it was the same people. So definitely, first and foremost, my grandmother, Carmelita Pope, um, and then, I mean, there's so many people. I mean, Audra McDonald, it's just like, yeah, how can you go wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, she went, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, I mean the, all of the soprano canon, from Barbara Cook to Laura Benanti to, oh, Kelly O'Hara, to, I mean, to all of these things, like Lynn McWell, it's just like the brilliant mind, Stephen Sondheim, it's, I mean, it's just really, I look up to everybody, because especially everybody that have come before, because they're paved the road, and to the ones nowadays that are changing the scope of theater, and, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's not specific, but everybody. I look up to everybody. I think everyone's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you usually prepare for a role? Yeah. Um, so it really depends on the show. Like in Beauty and the Beast, there's only so much you can prepare for, like, napkins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, a pot, a teapot. But even so, like, uh, the director, because we worked with the original Broadway creative team, of that told us so much more about like the nuances that you wouldn't think um so it's really delving into deep diving into 
the stuff between the lines. Um, like in Human Again, Howard Ashman was dying of oh an illness. I believe it was AIDS um, when he was writing it, and it's about I mean all of the like Mrs. Potts, Lumiere, they're all singing it about dreaming about becoming human again. And it's a really, once you know that he's dying of AIDS, writing it, it's just, it brings it to such a deeper meaning because it's just like him wanting to feel that way also. I mean, anybody that has lost a family to cancer or, I mean, now coronavirus can um, kind of relate because you're just seeing these people instead of slowly turning into a teapot, it's just you're slow, it's kind of a different, um, a different view on it, so it's yeah. finding a deeper, I mean, Maria is something else, because you're, you learn, or like an Eliza and My Fair Lady, you kind of have to learn the accent, learn the culture, you know what I mean, like, yeah. learning all about the person, so you, in a second, can just turn it on, um, mm-hmm. But being able to, so it's, it's being able to dive into the human that is that you are fully portraying, but then also keeping a little bit of yourself so you can leave it at the end of the show. <laughs> that was always something um, preparing is knowing how to cool down from the show. I try to prepare that a lot because, like, with West Side, it's so depressing. Yeah. But you have to take yourself out of that. <laughs> Um, so practicing that in, it's just really, I like to, for rehearsals, be off book as much as possible so you can really explore and you're not like, what's my line? <laughs> uh, so putting, just putting in a lot of the work prior to getting to, to rehearsals um, so that you can really just play and explore because you just end up getting to higher heights if you are already so comfortable with the base material. Make sense? Yeah, 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 and uh, and we're gonna wrap up here in a minute. But uh, like, uh, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger and younger people listening now? I think number one is patience, especially now. Um, yeah. I have had many years of trying to make myself love this word patience because we always want perfection right away. And it's like I teach voice um, voice lessons to people, and I tell this to my students all the time. It's like we start a new piece, and we expect it to be like Tony Award winning ready the first time we sing through it. Because we have these grand ideas of what we can do, and we, sh- we should always have these grand ideas of what we can do. Um, mm-hmm. But that patience of knowing like, okay, it's not going to be a Tony Award winning performance the first time I practice it, because even Audrey McDonald is not perfect the first time she does anything um she's probably close to perfect but you know uh, <laughs> we have to work on things too and so it's like it's the patience of reminding ourselves during the process to just enjoy the process the patience of keeping our yourself focused through the career because we all want that like big role and the seven tonys six seven tony words that Autumn mcdonald has of course but you know just that patience to know everybody's journey is different and to not compare our journey to somebody else's um somebody might be getting a lot of fame quickly but 
not to be jealous of that and support them in that because your time will come. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a lot of, and just work really hard. Yeah, the yeah. more, more, um, the more you can focus yourself and keep that work, it just will serve you better in life. You'll just be a better professional because people will be like, oh, they're so on top of their stuff. We, of course, would love to work with them again. Um, and also enjoying some of the non-actor life. Mm-hmm. Have, I have so many friends that are not in the theater world, which is so nice because I can do the smallest thing and they think it's the coolest thing in the world. Um <laughs> Like, I took one of my friends backstage to see my friend in Aladdin, and she was just, like, so blown away by every little thing. So it's nice to escape the theater world as well. Yeah. We all love it. We don't want the boy ever escape us, but just have those mental checkouts, especially when we're down, um, and having good friends and family surrounding me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have anything uh, happening right now? Any new projects? Well... <laughs> Um, coronavirus has definitely taken down a lot of them. Yeah. I was starting a reading of a new musical, and I was was going to be part of this um, new kind of, it's a podcast, but it's kind of like an animated series, but without mm-hmm. the animation. Um, kind of a voiceover gag um, called The Eighth Flight. I'm hoping they'll, I'm hoping... Both of, both of those projects have said that they plan to continue when we are able. So I'm hoping those come back. But it's just, right now, it's doing a lot of online concert type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one coming up for the West End, which is kind of fun. But mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, figuring out where the theater world's going. But I think it's, a, but like, because everything's shut down, we have such a moment of there are no boundaries. So we get to explore and be whoever we want to be right now. So I think it's kind of cool uh-huh. in terms of breaking boundaries. Like you want to work on, I don't know, the of Fiero and Wicked. I mean, I'm not going to be cast as that, I think, ever in Wicked. But, you know, I could bring something to Dancing Through Life that I could use in my real, my own version. You know, creating these things that we don't think we could be. Um, but using that material and figuring out what, how we bring it to ourselves. I don't know, just getting yeah. to explore things we generally don't um, get to when we're in our normal little type and box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we can find you on Instagram and on Twitter, at Natalie Ballinger. Uh, is there anywhere else we can find you? Yeah, I have a website, which is www com. you know, the through line of the name, it just makes life easy. Um, yeah. And that has all the information and on, um, yeah, different ways to contact me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, got a, I got a random call coming. <laughs> well, thank you, Natalie, for coming on the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, Intimate Conversations with Community and Professional Actors in Broadway News, and today we are chatting with Ava Tavares. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. So the first question that I always like to ask is, where are you from? Yeah. 
I am from, I grew up around Vancouver, BC, but I'm currently up in the interior of British Columbia. Hmm. Uh, how did you get into the whole theater thing? I started out as a dancer, and then a little bit later, when I was about 14, I started studying as a singer. And then uh, my focus kind of changed, and I did a bachelor's degree in opera. And then after I finished my bachelor's degree, I moved into musical theater because I kind of had some of the skills that you needed to do that with the dance and the singing. And yeah, so it kind of morphed and changed. Hmm. Uh, do you have any pre-show rituals? A little bit of yoga, a little bit of stretching, obviously a little vocal warm-up, mm -hmm. cup of tea, and uh, makeup and hair, obviously. I try to listen to some music that keeps my energy up. I definitely snacks, always snacks. Very important. Uh, you were in, and you were in the North American tour of Phantom of the Opera as Christine Daye. How was that experience? That's right. Yes, it was an amazing experience. It was a really tough job, and it was. It felt like a very important job because that show means so much to so many different people, right? Yeah. And I, I was very honored to, to take on that part. It was, it was a, it was a big thing and a, a lot of stage time. And I kind of like to use the metaphor of, of when, um, you know, there's when when someone really wants kids, you know, adults. They really want children. They feel like that is the thing that they want so badly. That's going to change their lives. And then they they have those babies and it's the best thing in the whole wide world it totally changes your life but it's also a crazy amount of work and you stop sleeping and it's very stressful that's kind of what doing that show felt like for me it was the best time in the whole wide world and the most amazing experience and it was also very difficult but I was so grateful for it yeah I saw you as Christine at the Civic Theater in San Diego California yeah okay so you're in, okay you're so you're in California amazing and um, uh, do you have any cool stories from the Phantom tour? Oh my gosh, what kind of cool stories? I mean, my favorite stories are when things kind of go wrong, like little mistakes um, that are just that the audience wouldn't know happened, um, but we know. So like, I had a couple times where my skirt fell off on stage, and I had to keep singing think of me and bring my skirt up to make sure it didn't fall to the ground um I, we had a crazy thing happen when we were in los angeles in 2019 in the summer we were on stage when that earthquake hit mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember that um i feel like it was a 7.5 earthquake and we were on stage and it was just uh, right before the sand backdrop at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. and the whole stage started to like ripple and the chandelier was swinging, and the audience started running out of the theater. And we we had to stop the show. We evacuated the theater in our costumes. We were standing out the street, and then we waited maybe half an hour or so. And then we all went back in and um, started the show again. And right after we started the show, one of Carlotta's first lines is, in, or, or sorry, the managers, one of the managers' first lines is, well, you know, these things do happen. And the audience, you know, started laughing and applauding because it was so perfect for what had just happened. That was definitely one of my most memorable moments with the show. Hmm. Uh, do you look up to anyone in the theater world? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So many people. 
Um, I I look up to people who use their fame and their presence in the community to speak about important topics. Mm-hmm. People who who um, use their platform to spread awareness on things. You know, yeah. um, right now we're seeing a lot of Broadway actors talking about Black Lives Matter. We're yeah. seeing a lot of Broadway actors talking about mental health. Um, people like Audrey McDonald, Jessica Vosk, um, Betsy Wolf. Um, one of my mentors, Victoria Clark, who is um, really active in the community and, and just got, um, she's a part of Actors' Equity now on the board. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, you know, so much of what we do as performers is about telling stories and bringing Ooh, there's a beat. Uh, bringing awareness to to important things about being human, and I think that extends into our personal lives and our and our public presence as well. Talking about important things um, on stage and off. Yeah. And uh, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now, going down a similar path? Mm-hmm. Well, moving forward, you know. I mean, I could talk about that for a really long time, but I think the biggest thing to remember, especially when you're younger, is that everyone's path is different. So you might look at someone who's the same age as you, and you might say, oh, they've got so much more going on than I do, and they've had more success, and they're doing it better than I am. And the truth is that everyone's journey looks very, very different, and try as best you can not to judge yourself based on someone else's experience because it's very hard to know what the truth of what they're going through is and also it, it anything everything that is supposed to come to you will and it, mm-hmm. it just looks different for everybody yeah uh so we're gonna wrap up here in a minute but uh are you up to anything right now any new projects right now um it, it's pretty quiet with this um the current state of the world as yep. you know um Broadway's still closed. I was just, I was there really up until the day before they closed everything down. I think that was March 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm currently on my parents' farm and I'm working on, on uh, farm projects. That's a big thing for me right now. I, I was really fortunate to actually film a movie recently that's going to be coming out soon. Um, so I'm excited about that. But other than that, it's kind of just... You know, trying to be kind to myself and know that this time will pass and we're going to see what the world looks like after, right? Yep. Well, thank you, Ava, for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Kid Broadway Podcast, Intimate Conversations with Community and Professional Actors in Broadway News. And today we are chatting with Christian Harmstone. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway podcast. So Christian, the first question that I always like to ask my guests is, where are you from? I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. It's right in the middle of North Carolina, so we're in the Piedmont area. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get into the whole theater thing? Well, when well, I've been singing since I was two, and my aunt told me that I should sign up for a show at my community theater. It was The Wizard of Oz. And then I ended up auditioning, and I got in. And then they've always asked me to come That's cool. Uh, do you have any pre-show rituals? 
Um, there are a couple of things that I don't eat or drink, like milk or lemonade. Yeah. Or anything, really, that has milk in it. Um, but no, not really. Mm. Besides not eating stuff. <laughs> and you were in the first U.S. national tour as, as Gustav in Love Never Dies. How was that experience? Um, it was a really great experience. Um, I love getting to perform every night. Well, not every night, because I shared the role with another person. But, um, I loved getting to perform all the time and travel, because I love, um, traveling and acting and meeting new people, so kind of is, all goes perfectly together. And, um, it was just a really great experience. The whole cast was amazing. The crew was amazing. Uh, how was the audition process for Love Never Dies? Well, I went to, um, a callback that my agent got me. And then, it, so I went to one callback. I went to the first callback. And then, as we were coming out, we wanted to ask the casting director if there was a dance call because I was one of the last people. So we were going to ask her, and she said, no, there's not a dance call. There's no dancing in this show, but we would like you to come back next week. And so she told us then and there so we could plan um, because we had told her that I wasn't from New York. And so... That time I was with my mom when when I went up there, and then the next time I went with my dad because I was in the middle of another production, and so I went up there with my dad, and then we went to the studio audition, and it was funny because they had me do a tape in front of them, which is a little weird, but then after we filmed the tape it only took us about two minutes and then we walked out and my dad and everybody that we called said okay well you didn't get that role and then they called us back and said about maybe a week later and said hey we need you to film this song by tomorrow and so we ended up filming the song and um once we filmed the song we just sent it in, and then everything else. We just waited a couple weeks, and then I got a call from my agent saying that I got in. Uh-huh. And uh, what was the first show you remember seeing? The first show that I remember seeing is Newsies on Broadway in New York. And then, actually, the next day, I saw Matilda. That's cool. Uh, how do you usually prepare for a role? Um... Well, I like to think about the role a lot, and I mostly prepare um, during the audition process because I feel like I'm more like into the role once I get the actual part. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but uh, what advice would you give to young people now listening uh, going down a similar path? Um, well, just to always be determined to never give up, um, and 
don't set your hopes up super high because you're not going to get into every single audition that you use mm-hmm. or that you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you up to anything right now? Any new projects going on? Um, not any productions, but I've been doing concerts and cabarets, and I've been doing dance competitions and lots of um, dance and gymnastics. That's cool. And so we can find you on Instagram, at Christian Harmston. Uh, is there anywhere else we can find you? Um, well, we're about to create me a YouTube channel, but we haven't yet, so... That's cool. By only Instagram. Okay. Well, thank you, Christian, for coming on the podcast. Thank you.